welcome to If Cage Wells Could Talk, your weekly heart-to-heart on all things animals. My name is Jody Whitaker, and I'm the founder and executive director of the Chicago Alliance for Animals, the Partnership to Ban Horse Carriages Worldwide, and the Center for Ethical Science. This show was created and brought to you by my all-grassroots volunteer organizations working to liberate animals from suffering and pain. Uh, before we introduce uh, our first guest, I'd like to uh, mention a few events that the Chicago Alliance for Animals has coming up. Uh, this coming Tuesday, February 20th, will be the next uh, Lincolnwood board meeting, which Lincolnwood is just on the uh, northeast side of Chicago. Very small town, and the elected officials are... Uh, have refused to enforce their humane laws that have been on their books for years. Uh, so we have been testifying at their board meetings. Uh, they usually have their meetings the first and third Tuesday of each month. And uh, their next meeting is next Tuesday. And we definitely could use help with anybody who might be able to join us at 730. Uh, we usually get there by 725 just to fill out a quick form. Uh, and then we submit public comments and urge them to enforce their laws prohibiting the sale of rabbits in Cook County and pro- prohibiting the sale of wild animals in the village of Lincolnwood itself. So uh, if you can help with that, please reach out to me through uh, the Chicago Alliance for Animals Facebook page or uh, ChicagoAllianceForAnimals.org's website. Uh, and then on Friday, March 1st, we are having the Chicago Alliance for Animals Vegan Power and Action Hour at X Market Chicago from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, that is at, oh, I forgot, I don't know the address offhand. I will get that to X Market. Uh, and we will be um, sharing a great meal at, uh, there's about five or six vegan uh restaurants there, uh, donuts, Italian food, hot dogs, um, all sorts of food there. And uh, and a bar, it's a wonderful place. And we will be stamping and addressing postcards to officials uh, to urge them to uh, enforce their laws. So I'm very thankful for my next guest. And I wanted to quickly read her short bio. For as long as she could remember, Lori was always involved in animal care and animal issues. Her good friend, good friend Leslie Sanfilippo, had the same experiences, interests, and concerns. They decided that together they could make a positive impact in the lives of animals and in the lives of people. So in 2004, Stardust Animal Sanctuary was envisioned. Their focus was to put, or their focus was put to the test in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit the coast of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Lori and Leslie drove down in a U-Haul to volunteer with Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. They immediately set their sights on helping all the animals in need, but they excelled in working with the animals who had the most profound behavioral and medical issues. They helped transport over 100 dogs to safety during that staggering, life-changing emergency. They came back and rented a farm in northern Illinois and began helping urgent horses, dogs, cats, and farm animals. They are happy and honored to provide lifelong care to the unadoptables who are thriving in their sanctuary setting. So now I'm happy to introduce my friend, Lori Kay. Hello. Thank you, Jody. It's an honor. Oh, Lori, it's great to talk to you. Uh, I've known Lori for a while now through social media, and uh, we met in person once, but uh, I feel like I know you more than really we've, than the short time we've talked. 
I definitely feel your friendship, Jody. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We, you know, obviously me and my family love what you do. I uh, usually uh, make a donation in my family's names at the holidays and uh, basically, you know, tell my family members about the rescues that uh, your sanctuary, uh, some of the animals your sanctuary has rescued. So obviously I greatly appreciate what you do. So uh, is Leslie with you? Yes, yes. <laughs> Hi, Joni. Hi, Leslie. You? Welcome, Leslie. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. So, uh, why don't, uh, why, Lori, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you and Leslie formed Stardust Animal Sanctuary and, and what is your mission? Um, I think, but you know, when we became friends, we were noticing uh, we were always into private rescue for dogs and cats where a lot of people do that also on their own, and God bless them for doing that. Um, Everybody's doing like a little bit of rescuing, and it's wonderful. And we were just noticing because um, at different farms that there were horses that were being left behind, and whether the person couldn't afford them or wasn't taking care of the horse, and the horse was just discarded. So we started taking care of their medical needs and their ongoing needs, and then we realized, well, we should adopt these horses or bring them under our wing, but we didn't have a place. So we rented a farm and uh, started off with the horses and then one dog at a time. And it was usually ones with severe medical issues and behavior um, issues and intensive uh, reactive issues that were left behind also that didn't really have a chance um, at life. So that we were drawn to that and... Um, that's how we started. It was just with the that unique little vision of the the ones that were deemed unadoptable. It just it just grew from there. It, it turned into a life of its own. The horses just were amazing. We had no idea. Um, we knew very little about horses. I knew it through my anatomy courses in massage, but just how magnificent they are. And Leslie's mom at the time had Alzheimer's, and when we would bring her mom around the horses, they would all stop and just form a circle around her and in just be and hold space. And it was no words, but it, in that stillness, there was so much going on mm-hmm. um, that uh, it was just, it was profound to, to watch and how much when the nursing home people, she started bringing her friends out. They would remember so much when they went back, and the nurses said no one touched the call button all night long. And one man who didn't talk for seven years just started having a normal conversation with a horse, and his nurse just fell to her knees and said, we didn't think he knew how to talk. It was just standing in the presence of this horse. That's amazing. Oh, wow. What a story. It was very powerful, you know. And the other thing, they gravitate to kids or people that have issues, you know what I mean? They, our horses do, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. interesting. They they know what we need for sure. They are definitely, I believe that all animals are uh, a vessel of light for us, just like we try to be a vessel of light for them. I think it's a full circle of healing. Right. The healing powers are very, uh, I mean, just what you explained just shows that 
how animals can be uh, such a soothing help to anyone. You know, uh, it helps. There are statistics and studies that show that animals or uh, people around animals helps with their blood pressure and uh, lowers their blood pressure and makes people feel more calm. So that's that's a great thing. Uh, and obviously, horses are so near and dear to me, like all animals, but I have this kinship to to horses. So, And obviously, banning horse-drawn carriages is my lifelong mission. So please tell us about Violet, the former carriage horse. Well, we found out about Violet um, that she was pulling a carriage with her sister and both both girls pretty much broke down i mean their ligaments and their tendons broke down and so you know our bodies are like a tight slinky and that their bodies became this very loose slinky which the tendons and ligaments can't form that tight slinky again and so it's hard for them to walk they will lay down and not be able to get up and it's a degenerative um, suspensory ligament uh, disease is something that they get where all the ligaments get loose and it just you know like loses their elasticity so both of them could not do what they were, you know, uh, I guess, raised to do. And they ended up, one ended up finding a home, but Violet, poor Violet, just was running out of time. And the person who had her was going to euthanize her. And um, it just so happened that we got the call. We had room for her, and they just said, we don't know how long she's going to last. She can't get up. She can hardly walk, but she loves to be groomed. And so we we thought, oh, yeah, you know, just bring her over. Let's give her whatever she needs and just so that she can live out her days comfortably. And I think she's been with us, um, I don't know, it's, time goes by six years at least, six or seven years. And she's almost 20. And she was, she's running. She's got freedom. She's come around and just... She's healed herself. I mean, we're just like we're just a witness to all this, and um, they just they just find their spot. They find their way through this journey, and they're just. I feel like they're walking us home. We feel like we're saving their lives, but they're saving us and healing our hearts and showing what it really is to have peace and freedom. And um, we we strive for that for all the animals and for ourselves and for people too. Well, that just shows you're saying that her ligaments were so uh, torn up from being forced to work on hard hard concrete, being a carriage horse. And then now that she's at Sanctuary in a more, a much more natural habitat where she has uh, fields to run in and a companionship and, and love, she, you're saying she's running throughout the Sanctuary, right? Oh, yeah. Running, bucking, kicking. She can get up when she lays down. I mean, the first year when she was out, I'd run outside to help her get up because she would go down and she would not be able to roll and get herself up. And she just, she reinvented herself. She looks younger than ever. Gorgeous. And she's just amazing. And she has an amazing um, horse friend, too, um, who is another rescue story. But, yes, she is just 
just one beauty. I mean, she looks like black beauty. She's just amazing and a great, great teacher. Awesome teacher. It's just reminding me that I need to get out there and visit. (laughs) Not just Violet and you and Leslie, but uh, all the animals. Uh, Where where was Violet uh, working? What city was she in? I think she was more in the country. So uh, she was... uh, a, a country, you know, um, pavement horse, you know, just um, out in the country. We found out about her. She got her way over to, like, the northern, uh, like, the border, Hebron, Harvard area when we found out about her. Okay. Uh, that she was going to be euthanized. So, um, but I think that she was working in the country somewhere. Okay. Yeah. That, they definitely have the carriage, carriage rides, uh, in, in, uh, rural areas as well. And, but they're just as dangerous. Uh, we hear mm-hmm. all the time about accidents and fatalities in rural areas, uh, same situations, uh, ho- uh, 1000 plus pound horse can frighten very easily. Uh, any loud noise or movement can scare them. And if that happens, uh, anybody in their wake is, can be in real danger. So uh, it's it's inhumane and dangerous regardless of where they're hooking these horses up and keeping them uh, completely, uh, all their movements are, are forced and controlled by straps and so forth. So, uh, so tell us also about Serafina, the piglet. Oh, um, Serafina. And before Serafina, I just wanted to add something about horses. They're they're actually their their favorite temperature is between twenty to fifty degrees. That's where they thrive the best. And it's like, who would want to be, you know, doing this in those degrees? That's where they thrive. So anything lower or higher is way way too hot or cold for them just by themselves so that's where their their temperature for just for living so um, and yet some of these sorry to interrupt some of these cities the temperature restrictions for them to work for example chicago's temperature was 90 degrees so they could work horse carriage horses Mm -hmm. up to 90 degrees in chicago dallas where we have a very active campaign to ban the horse carriages is uh, 99 degrees. They can work them up to 99 degrees. Is that just ridiculous? It's well, it's and the pavement actually gives off a lot of heat sure. too, which yeah. could actually just be um, melting their feet or getting their if they are on have shoes on, then those are getting hot. But mm-hmm. um, you know, just the sun hitting um, blacktop. I mean, if we're just on blacktop our, our, on our own and that those rays coming up, so that is really really hot. I will go out to feed them when it's you know, between twenty and fifty degrees, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, we're we're on vacation. This is their best time of the year right now. They love this weather. They thrive in this weather, and uh, um, the hotter it gets, the buggier it gets, and that poses a lot of issues also for them. Sure. So. Uh, uh, yeah, so, sorry so, okay. to interrupt you, but we have a, a call. Uh, Deborah from Chicago is calling to say thank you. I think to you, uh, to you and Leslie. Mm-hmm. Are you there, Deborah? Aww. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, ladies. Hi. Glad to hear hi. the good work that you're doing. Hi. 
um, so I'm glad to hear that. It puts a smile on my heart. I, um, like you also, as a youngster, have been around different pets and animals. And uh, in fact, I wished I knew where you ladies were oh, almost 10 years ago that I, I ended up putting my mom's companion um, dog down in um, a Mastiff, English Mastiff. Um, I had him, and sadly, he was in the uh, kennel, and I believe they, it was cold. They put water on him, and uh, they said that he needed to be put down. Uh, yeah, but it, I, I, I'm, I'm glad for what you all are doing. Please continue. I, I'm prayerful that eventually, Jody, I'll be able to um, start making the calls to, um, is it Patel? Uh, Mayor yeah, Mary Patel and Lincolnwood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, things have been crazy for me this week that I wanted to do so. And I also wanted to find out, is there a way that, or do you think that this man would, would first that if there was a space and a place where maybe even Spurs could, you know, be transported at, at the end of the day and brought back in the morning time. You understand what I'm saying? Well, we actually have area. we have two sanctuaries for Spur that will take her. And she is just wow. too, she's too large to move throughout the day. You know, she's 100. We don't know her exact uh, weight, but probably 100 plus pounds. But we are definitely working to get her to sanctuary permanently and uh Keep following us on Facebook and uh, keep listening to the rest of this interview and you'll learn more about Stardust and, you know, maybe you could uh, go visit. Uh, but, Deborah, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Take care. God bless. Thanks, Deborah. Thank you. Okay, so sorry about that. Uh, I know I had asked oh. about Serafina, the piglet, so I'd lo- uh, lo- love you to tell our audience about her. Serafina, we received a call from one of our volunteers that a truck that was going to a finishing plant with 21-day-old babies, uh, there was like 1,600 in a truck had overturned near Iowa. And I believe that maybe 35 ran away, but the other ones were trapped under the truck where they put the boards up and then they were they trapped them back in and got them back into the truck. Um, you know, many of these babies being 21 days old, born on Christmas Day, all these babies, and they, they die in the truck just because they're holding on to each other, supporting each other. They're not with their mom. They're just totally traumatized. They know where they're going. Um, they're just, they're really like smart human beings. And Serafina was one that um, passerbys and good Samaritans were picking these babies up in their laundry baskets and taking them home. And then um, um, Iowa Farm Sanctuary jumped in and rescued the whole group and then reached out to other sanctuaries um, to see if they could take them. They first had to have the okay from the driver um, that they were able to keep these babies. Some of them did not make it because it was in January, and um, Serafina was one that came home with a good Samaritan and was nursed until she came up here and we knew nothing about 
Serafina, we just said yes, and uh, we just we're you know, just didn't want to turn our back on anyone. We we started off basically we have a horse barn, but we made it into a makeshift farm animal sanctuary now because it just took on a life of its own, and everybody deserves life and peace. And so she was driven up by um, a couple of volunteers, only ten pounds. So we thought, okay, one of our volunteers took her into her house to keep her warm and to raise her because it would be too cold in the barn. And she was wonderful because Serafina had this huge house to run around in and um, just to be nurtured by a family. And she was actually, they were walking her in the neighborhood, like with a regular harness that you would walk a dog with. And she just uh, missed her mom so much, the way that they root on your arm because they're looking for their mom so much the milk off their mom that we were so bruised up on our arms because of of her trying to, to find her mom and to oh. get the, the nourishment. So, um, and then in the springtime, she was able, she was big enough that she was able to come to the sanctuary to live. So um, we, we set her up with the mini pigs and she was with them for a little while. She was out with the dogs for a little while. And as she got bigger, we introduced her to the cows, and she went out in the pasture with the cows one time and looked at them and then ran back through and ran back into the the backyard, and that's where that's where her grazing area is in the backyard, and that's where she loves to be. She does not want to go into a pasture. She thinks of herself more as this is her refuge, her safe place. She's like a, a dog and a human and a a beautiful sentient being um, who has many, many medical issues. She has, she was born, we think, with um, something to do with polyps in her colon, adhesions that keep growing back and growing back. So we had an emergency two years ago, and she made it through it with like a 1% chance of making it through it. And then they just thought she'd live for a couple of weeks. And now here she, I think, believes she's four years old and She's every day that we see her run out is just like, oh, glory. You just, you know, you hold your heart and you just say this moment right here is, is, is everything that she's, she's with us. Thank you now so much. For 760 pounds. 160 pounds? About a, 750. Oh, 700. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's a big girl. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Her ears kind of flop when she runs, you know, like yeah. when she comes out of them. It's cute. She's adorable. Uh, and thank you for that. And and if you're listening, uh, it, that their description of those pigs, 21-day-old pigs, that's what happens. That's why there's pork. Uh, that's what happens to these animals. They're born to be killed. So it's uh, try to do your best to give, give up meat uh, because... By participating, uh, there are animals who are stuck in slaughter trucks in the freezing cold. And uh, when those trucks, trucks turn over, it's, it's madness and uh, sadness. So uh, wh- why don't you tell us about when you went down to Mississippi uh, in the wake of Hurricane, Hurricane Tr- uh, Katrina and about that adventure with a certain dog? <laughs> well, we just thought, well, we know that's go and help out. Uh, we signed up for Best Friends Animal Society or their sanctuary, 
and they had like these makeshift tents with over 500 dogs there at the time. Uh, we drove down with the U-Haul. People were so generous. Everyone filled up our U-Haul. Uh, Del Webb was a huge place to build up our U-Haul, and we drove down there, and um, we didn't know what we were, they were going to have us do. Well, I was assigned to be the intake person, so each dog was either in a run or in a cage, and my uh, service would be to help them get to the medical uh, facility, but to do that, none of them had collars or leashes on. So I would um, sit with the dogs until I felt that we could form a relationship. And sometimes it took hours and sometimes it took days. I mean, one dog I went and just sat on a stump and at first he was coming after me, but when I just sat there still, he became still too, because it was just like, we're, we're all running from something. We're all trying to save our lives. We're all, we all want to feel safe and secure. And I just kept putting that out and kept putting that out and um, just staying like in a neutral um, position. And I think that helped me from the way that I grew up always running. So I knew what they were going through and for what I saw, I could really relate to them. And so little by little, I mean, they just came up and, um, started getting them into the uh, medical care. This one dog, no one could get near her. The cage was a little bit small, but I was able to crawl in there. Um, and we just didn't want to do it with any pressure at all. So I just sat there with her and um, did nothing. But, like, when we're doing nothing and we're being still, we really are out of our heads, we're resonating with our hearts and our souls, and that's where we really can connect with an animal. So she finally just sat in my lap, and then just little by little, I was just able to um, put the collar and the leash on her, and then she was able to go into the medical um, care. So you took the time to sit with her and really gain her trust and I'm sure she was so nervous and scared because of everything she'd been through with the hurricane. Absolutely. And they're really good at running even in a small cage. So, I mean, any time we would approach, it's it's uh, it's an aggressive move to them. So right. it's, uh, it's much more, it's much nicer to just be and let them be and let them choose and just, you know, be, be the little spark of light at the end of their tunnel because they'll find their way through their, their tunnel. Like we find our way through our tunnels and they give us the light to find that. So we're run, we're starting to run out of time already, <laughs> but Lori, tell us what your dream is for the sanctuary. Well, I actually had a, a dream a couple of days ago. So we do have a little house on the property that we want to finish and we're trying to fund going to fundraise for that. Um, because then we, it could be an everybody house. I mean, the, the dogs, the goats, the chickens, the, everybody can go in there to be warm, to be cold. The volunteers can go in there, so that's our little house. But our big barn was never set up for um, all the farm animals that we have. And I want everyone to have freedom to come and go. That's my dream is that they can all come and go as they please and the dogs. And I saw it in my dream. It's not, it wouldn't take much, but we could change the barn around where the pigs can 
choose when they want to go inside and outside. And the horses can choose when they want to go inside and outside. And they also have their running sheds and suited the cows. So they would all have that that way of freedom of of being free and uh, having it be their choice of where they, they would like to just be. So that was my dream. And I saw it in my dream. So I think that being having a dream like that, I think, could come true. Make it a reality. Well, uh, why don't you please tell our audience how people can help and support you, the animals, and Stardust? Well, um, we we are just so grateful for all the support that we do have. We always are in need of towels, sheets, blankets. Um, we have a uh, Wednesday wish list with Amazon, um, monetary donations or sponsorships to um, one of the animals um, at the sanctuary is great. Um, there's we're going to be doing a fundraiser for this little house, helping us with food or medical. You can call into one of our vets or one into one one of our stores that we buy the food for our animals for. Um, coming to volunteer, coming to visit, reading a book to the animals. I mean, just coming just to be and just experience what uh, life. It feels like when you're in that peaceful space. Well, I uh, I definitely need to plan a visit soon. And uh, can you tell uh, everybody how they could reach out to find you, uh, your website or social media pages? Sure. StardustAnimalSanctuary.org and Facebook is Stardust Animal Sanctuary. Instagram is at Stardust Animal Sanctuary. We are on TikTok, thanks to the volunteers behind our scenes are, I mean, there's so many unsung heroes. I'm just a witness to all this. The TikTok is so great and takes so much time to put together at Stardust Animal Sanctuary. Um, and then I believe we are on Patreon, too. And we're just so grateful for everybody because it's their journey because of all of you. And they have just all made it to the finish line. It's just, It's just incredible. Even the special needs dogs, now we're able to put them into homes and those people and families that are going through their own issues, even with alcoholism, they stop doing that and they're they're focused on the special needs of this dog and they have just brought families together. So it's just a, a total circle of love and light and healing. Well, we're very grateful for you and Leslie and all that you do for these animals. Uh, So definitely uh, check out Stardust uh, on social media or at their website to help them or go visit the animals. And thank you both for uh, coming on the show today. Thank you, dear friend. Love you. Okay. Love you guys, too. And I'll I'll be in touch soon, okay? Okay. Okay. Take care. All right, between guests, I'd like to thank my friends and former bosses, Christine Dorchak and Carrie Teal of Grade 2K USA Worldwide, for supporting this show. They work tirelessly to end the cruelty of dog racing across the globe. Learn more about how a small group of people can make a big difference for animals at grade2kusa.org. I greatly appreciate Christine and Carrie for all they do. So well, now I'd like to welcome Brian Gervais, the owner of Chicago Not Dogs, who's making his second appearance here at If Cage Walls Could Talk. Hello, welcome. Hello. And I'll actually start by telling you that the original pronunciation of my name in Italian, because that's probably we're going to talk a little about that today, is Gervasi. You know, I, as I was <laughs> about to introduce you, I was thinking, 
Is, am I saying it right? That well, makes sense. Gervasi. It's been Americanized to Gervas. Sure. Is, is oh, the, Gervas. Is, is okay. The, you know, Not Gervais. Can, when Ricky Gervais came on the scene, that really that really threw a big. He's got an but, yeah. I in his name, and you. It, yeah, yeah, it's, you yeah don't. he spells a little different. I mean, but yeah, but Gervais is the uh, is is generally the the the, the go to for most people. But like, okay. uh, you know, like when I was a teacher, I, I taught before this. Like, I I told students like, you know, I'm calling Mr. G. We just like stopped there. But I told him if you want to use my Italian name, you know, you got to do the whole arm. You have to Mr. Gervais. You, <laughs> you got to use the arm. Yeah. It's funny because with my name, uh, people always get it wrong. You know, they they Weederker mm-hmm. or so so many. I can't even think. But it's. German or Swiss, it would be like Wiedekehr. Right. You know, with the V. Right. Pronounced with a V, but that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we, we do Gervasi here in the, in the but yeah, Gervasi is what is Gervasi. From now on, that's what, that's how I put my foot down on Gervais. You know, that, that's <laughs> okay. right. It's okay. Uh, I still love you. So, speaking of Italian, mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah, I mean, like, we're, um, you know, like, uh, right, right next door to us in the, in the X market, you know, we've been, you know, we, uh, there have been a couple of really, really great places that, you know, they've been, uh, you know, dealing some pizza. I think, I think fact number one is that that food hall needs pizza. Definitely. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a staple, you know, it's like, it's, it's something Everybody always wants pizza. Yeah. It's, it's super, yeah. you know, and, and the places were making really great pizza. It was just like, you know, like, uh, it, 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 it was, it's very difficult. Like as any restaurant will tell you right now, you know, like, like, especially now in the winter, you know, that food hall is, is, is not as full as we'd like it to be. Sure. You know, and like in the, in the you know, having, having the, the staff is really the biggest issue. Like, you know, like having people go to work. So, you know, a couple of places that have left and, uh, you know, my, you know, myself and uh, Oliver and Chaz are my, like, uh, you know, two main chefs, you know, like we, we talked about it. We said, you know, what? we can make this place work. You know, like I have an Italian background. Like I feel really good about, about cooking pastas and, mm-hmm. you know, like we're, you know, we're, we're doing it very simple. We're just doing, we're just doing pizza, pastas and salads, yeah. which didn't even exist in the place before. You know, okay. fun, funnily, right? I mean, like, you know, like it, it's just like there, there was no... Not one place. I mean, you know, not that all the food is not delicious, but like just like no one was really dialing up a salad you know, <laughs> right. necessarily. So, and so. Neiman talked about those salads, Neiman yeah. from Kill My Name, and just about how amazing they are. Yeah. And having a good salad is so, you know, every now and then it's just great. Yeah, it's, it's super fun. The, the, yeah. the Caesar salad has been probably the biggest seller. You know, okay. my, my favorite is an anapasto salad. Yeah. You know, so it's, we're, we're, we're dialing that up with, uh, we use our, um, our roast beef. You know, from you know, from Chicago Nut Dogs, we use our um, you know, we have some uh, good, good seitan bacon. We've got some provolone cheese. You know, we got the pepperoncinis, right? You know, the whole yeah. you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, that, that was always my favorite type of salad. Yeah, and then um, you know, we do like a build your own salad. That's fun. And then we're doing uh, pizza slices and you know personal stuff. And I actually brought you our like what I believe is our most unique product that we're making. We, we call it a pizza pie. And it kind of looks like a calzone. You know, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get a t- you know get a look at what it, what you know, what you think it looks like, but. Oh wow! But it's fun. It's kind of like a, you know, it's a, it's it's like a, uh, it's our it's our personal pizza, but we just kind of fold up. We kind of fold the edges up over it. You know, I don't know if you have a. It does kind of look like a calzone. Ooh, can you show it here? Oh, is that what I'm supposed to show? There's another one right there. Oh, to this one. <laughs> that looks delicious. Ooh, yeah. yeah, so it's fun. So we so we we, we dial those up, and that it's been a it's been a popular product. It's funny, you know, like like anything, you know, you learn, you certainly learn as a. Um, as a restaurant tour, like you, you put you put food out in front of people, and once they see it, they buy it. You know, but, you know, but it's all about like, you know, can you afford to have stuff out there for people to see and like all those things. So, you know. oh yeah, and it smells delicious. It, yeah, I mean, it's super yeah. good. Yeah. I think the the you know the, the secret to success with the pizza and you know and having having you know sat in my Chicago Not Dogs booth this entire time and kind of watched people walk in. You know, people who walk in who are who are not vegan are curious about being vegan, right? 
you know, like um, pizza is comfortable to them, right? Sure. You know, like, like, like I, I also saw hot dogs, which which seems comfortable to people. You know, man. I, mean? I feel like you know, like those are those are things people are willing to like jump into. You know, try. Like, yeah. There's really great sushi next to us. There are awesome tacos. You know, I mean, there, there's there's so many great Donuts. things there. But but when people walk in, they they see the pizza, and I, I've, I've watched them. Like I, like, I, I've, like I said, I've been standing there for hours, right? <laughs> and I, you know, this, this is just like this is just like evidence of like watching people come in, and, and they and they gravitate to their pizza. And so like we're so what we've decided to do is we we, uh, we park cook our pizzas like about halfway. Way, like in the morning, and then we put a piece out there for people to see. It's mm-hmm. a nice big gigantic slice. Like, and then when they want to order it, we finish it for a couple minutes. And in like two minutes, you know, you have a you have what we but what, what we will say. You know, we'll put our whole staff of approval on it as a super fresh pizza. Pizza. It smells delicious. Yeah, but, yeah. And and would you? Well, this is kind of like a calzone, but when you do slices, are they more like a New York style or a Chicago style? Or? Um, I would say a mix between you know, my, my my favorite kind is like Napoleon style, like with the with the big fat crust, okay, right, and the thin and the thin, like you know, like more of a more of like a, an Italian, you know, like a, I, I guess it's kind of kind of like in Italy how a lot of pizzas are, right? They usually okay. have like, like generally like a, like a nice fat like, like bready crust, and okay, then, and then really thin on the inside. So that that's how we make our our slices. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait to try it. Um, so I'm going to give Henry. Yeah. I have a. I made you guys a. This is a pepperoni. Take, try a bite, mm-hmm. and then uh, then I'm gonna have to try a bite. Yeah. <laughs> um, let us know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and then of course there's still Chicago Not Dogs. So yep. talk, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Chicago Not Dogs has been going great. And the uh, the Italian beef is is. I know. I, I believe. I believe starting to reach critical mass. It's, it's fun. Like a lot of people that are coming back for it. Yeah. You know, you know if, if anyone's listening to this has not tried the Italian beef, like like it, it's it's special. You know. Like, I think and, every time I've gone back since the first time that uh, Neiman had brought me that you had sent over, uh, that's what I get every time. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's so good. It, and it is. There's something about. I mean, for me, I never craved that meat. But the combination of the flavor with the uh, with the jarnera and the great bread, you know, how is it? Oh, it's, so good. it's good. <laughs> Henry approves. <laughs> mm. yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's a big seller. Yeah, it's it's been fun. So um, yeah, we're um yeah you know, you know, you know like, I think the uh, the meatball sub has been really really fun. You know, we we, we started these uh, barbecue pork sliders that are that are super fun. And I, I'm actually going to bring those. That was the other thing I was going to bring with it with me was and we put them on kind of like a pretzel roll. Okay. And like I, I think I told you a little bit about that, right? Like I think uh, last time I was here, we were just about to start it, but that you know that scratches the big itch for me. You know, like the like the barbecue, the pulled pork, and yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of that kind of thing. So we found a nice company that does that, and you know, it's like we're just. We're just trying to get ourselves in position for the spring and the summer. You know, when, when we, you know, I'm, I'm certain that place is going to be kicking. You know, I, I mean, like, so. you know, there, there's yeah. so many, so many great things going on there. I, do, I think we're doing like live music now on Fridays. Oh, wonderful! You know, like we're trying to like, you know, like try to fill the space. You know, if anyone who's listening today wants wants to is interested in using the space for things, you know, yeah. like we, we've been having candle making classes, private parties. Yeah, private parties. You know, like a, I think it's a golden place for birthdays. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a vegan family and you're looking for a for a space to have a birthday, you know, like, like I, I 100% guarantee. That if you contacted me or any one of the other restaurant owners before you came in, we would set up a special for you. Yeah, to come in for a birthday, you know, like a, a group of. And tell sure. tell everybody the address because I I've forgotten the yeah. Name so that. we're on the corner of Montrose and Claridon, which is it's eight hundred four West 804. Montrose. Okay. is the exact address, but it's like right off of uh, Lakeshore Drive in Montrose. So you get off and you're, you're right there. We have free parking. Free parking, parking and garage. there's street yeah. parking's not di- really yeah. that difficult. Yeah, it's but free. there it, but you have an actual parking lot. We do. Okay. We do. Yep. Or a parking uh, garage. Yep. yep. Uh, 
was I going to say? Uh, the cocktail bar. I mean, like it's been, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. They've been, you know, they've been trying to, you know, do a lot of fun things. And then there's, you know, and then there's a market there too, you know, and like, and they have the bar has a happy hour, mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's huge, and it's right by the lake. So, you know, the summer, the spring and summer, when you're right around yeah. Montrose and lake, the lake, Lakeshore, uh, you can pop in. You can have a beer, a cold beer, an amazing sandwich, or I don't think there's anything coffee. closer to Montrose Beach than that location. Like it, like the, like the summer for the beach, and this mm-hmm. is going to be a completely new for beachgoers because because it. I I, I mean I, I kind of took a look around, but I, I do not believe there's anything closer to the beach. Right. Than our location. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, it's right there on Montrose. So you just go mm-hmm. west of Lakeshore and you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And the, and the market is amazing. You can find such unique products that you might not be able to find at, at a, even a Whole Foods or right. a grocery store that's yeah, super unique i mean it's and, and it's you know like it, it, it's a convenience store yeah i mean like and you know like i, I think uh, sometimes when i read online about x market and you know and especially some of the restaurants that are there and stuff like uh you know we, there, there are a good number of trolls that like you know, that, that immediately jump onto that the market is so expensive you know i'm like well the market is expensive you know but, but it's a convenience market you know it's just like right. when you go to Seven Eleven and you and you only walk two blocks from you to get to get toothpaste yeah you know, it's more expensive there or like you know? a, a- a convenience store in a condo. Right. You know, those are always much more expensive than if you were to go to the grocery store. Right. But, uh, yes. But, but it, can, it is convenient for vegans. I mean, if you're a vegan sure. and you want to eat something there, I mean, you can get everything you want there. Like, you and wanna, the other thing is when you, when I go to Jewel or wherever and I, I'm looking at a product, I have to look over to make sure mm-hmm. if it doesn't have the vegan symbol uh, or if it says plant-based, which is not always... A hundred percent. You you should check those. I do anyway. Right. But uh, you go to X Market and you can go shopping in that little convenience store without having to look at labels. Yeah, it's pretty it's, much. Yeah, and you can you can find some of the newest brands. I mean, there's like. You know, like, I haven't tried it yet, but there's there's like there's something in the in our cases. It's like a fried egg, you know, and it looks like a fried egg. You know, uh-huh. It's like it looks expensive. I don't know. Like I've I've bought it, but maybe one of these days I'll buy it. But like it's like, but like like it's there, right? If you're if you're if you're dying for a fried egg and you need that, like it's it's there, right? And honestly, if if we if it gets busier and uh, th- maybe the prices will go down. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, I mean, I, th- I think you know, as we, I think the last time we talked about this, I mean, like you know, like we're our, our world is on a precipice of this. You know I mean, like we're, you know, vegan is going to be is is, is going to be the norm of of prices, right? And everything else is gonna is gonna skyrocket. You know, much to like what we've seen with cigarettes and, and other things that have that have just gone gone out of, you know. You know, posh with people. You know, I mean, like like when beef when, when beef and milk become out of posh with people, which is which I believe we're very close to. You know, I mean, it's going to cost you twenty twenty dollars a gallon for your milk, and it's I, like I love your uh, your thought process there, and I hope you're so right. Well, that, that's why that's why I'm here now. You know, like I'm establishing myself as a, as, as as the you know as, as the authentic Chicago vegan restaurant. So when vegan is you know ready, which which is coming, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's no doubt. There's, there's zero doubt in my mind that it's coming. You know, and people can like argue with me to death. Like it's fine, you know, <laughs> but it's coming. You know, yeah. it, it, it just like, the, like we can't sustain what we're doing already. You know, no, like, we I'm, can't. I'm not, I'm not ever saying that someone can't have their beef. I'm not ever saying that someone can't have their milk. It's just going to cost you. It's going to cost you so much. Like you're and you have to make some decisions about your life. Like, you know, like how, how you're prioritizing what you do. There's times when I'm like just looking online at restaurants or looking for vegan restaurants and you see how many restaurants are serving, you know, meat, seafood, dairy. And you think how many restaurants are in each city? 
small towns in the U.S. and then all over the world. And how how are they sustaining like fish, for example, seafood? How are how are all these restaurants serving, you know, catch of the day? Mm -hmm. That means a lot of animals are being stolen from the sea. Yeah. I mean, I know that's common sense, but you think about that. There's how many restaurants? Yeah. All and uh, anyway, it's, it's, not, it's not sustainable. It's mind You understand that, and you know, that's why you do what you do. And like, I, I, I appreciate your, your your spot in the space too. I mean, like, like it's it's important, you know, because that, because that's that's the. You know, the, like the everything that you that you pioneer, you know, that, that you talk about, like are, are the are the issues that, that come along with cheap shrimp, right? And you know, like uh, like like steaks that are on sale, right? Yeah. And like you know, like you know, like uh, things like that. Which or is red like, lobster having an yeah. all you can eat seafood buffet, right. and and right. like our our oceans are like dying. Okay, yeah. so yeah. no, that's 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 what that's what we're here for, right? Exactly. It's, and what is your response to people who claim, and you know, we see this uh, all the time. People claim that vegan food is too processed, or that it's full of chemicals, or that it's full of fillers. What do you what do you say to that? I mean, I know what I say, but I'm curious. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the the quintessential question that comes to me all the time as a Chicago nut dogs, right, is like, what's in your hot dog? Yeah, we you talked know, about this. Yeah, I think I think we, said, I think we right. talked about this last time. You know, and so you know, in my response is that, like, you know, the, the things that are in my hot dog are, <laughs> are, are 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 very manageable for me to discuss with you. You know, yeah. like it's wheat, it's vegetables. You know, it's some spices. You know, I mean, like you know, a, couple, so a, a few preservatives. Water. Sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not here to like argue about preservatives and stuff like that. I, yeah. You know, like like I understand that there's some processed part of it. You know, sure. Which, which is one of the reasons why I'm so proud of our Italian beef and our and our beef sandwiches. There's nothing processed about. Like we make our Italian beef right in the kitchen. I mean, sure, we buy our dogs and we have those shipped to us. They come frozen and blah blah. blah. I think they're tasty, but, you know. But but we make our Italian beef in the house. Like you know, like every day we're we're you know we're you know like I got, I got you know Oliver and shit and Chaz. They're back there like just like grinding it out. We're making you know we're making beef loaf after beef loaf after seitan loaf after seitan loaf. And there's no preservatives, nothing in this stuff, right? I mean, we're making like this is 100 percent fresh, you know. And so and so to me that that's you know. And what is it? I mean, it's. Your Italian beef, yeah. Well, it's 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 mostly wheat gluten. Okay, right. I mean, like yeah. you know, like like seitan is yeah. yeah seitan is wheat gluten. And people who aren't yeah. familiar with that, like wheat gluten is like the it, it's the it's really what's left over after you like dehydrate all of the all of the flour. You know, if you take flour and you like like you know, if you wanted to make it yourself, you'd have to take flour and you have to like like knead it and like wash it and knead it. And what's left over is this like dough ball that's you know like the, 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 the elastic. The, yeah, it's like yeah. really elastic. And yeah. it's really you know. So I purchased the. Wheat gluten, you know, already in a bag. It's cheaper for us to do it that way, less labor intensive. And so when we make it, you know, we already have it. And so we make our our beef. You know, it's it's mostly wheat gluten, and then we've come up with our own our own spices and yep. things that go that go along with it. And then right. we make the, we make the loaf. Uh, you know, we we uh, pressure cook it. You know, and we and we make these loaves, and we and we have a deli slicer in the back, and we deli slice it super thin. That you know, that, that's the key, right? You know, yeah. like it's super thin, and then we've, you know, we've made uh, an au jus that you know that. We've been working on for a long time. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, we have a great beef broth that's a non, you know, obviously a vegan beef broth that we're sure. using, and you know, mm-hmm. like our spices, and, and we cook it, and, and, and there it is. You know, it's like, it's, and it's it's blowing people away. It's, it's so much fun because people come in and they, and they try it, and they're like, like, oh wow, this yeah. is really good. I'm like, right. Yeah. And so when people talk about processing and fillers and, and such, how do you think uh, a cow or a pig becomes Bacon or becomes, mm-hmm. you know, 
there is a lot of processing that goes into taking a sentient being and turning them into uh, what is packaged in plastic at the grocery store. Right. So uh, all the trolls out there who always have to make vegan food seem like it's something that it isn't, that it's full. Another thing is they say it's full of chemicals. Plants aren't chemicals. It's no. plants and spices. And yeah. yes, you have to use spices just like with meat. You have to use spices and, and stuff to turn that meat into something palatable, <laughs> right. you know. Right. But uh, it's, it's an interesting conversa- conversation and question that we get often is that our products, our food is just a bunch of chemicals mixed together. And that's not right. that's not the case, people. Well, I mean, if you want to make things taste like things you want them to taste like, you know, they, they might have a little bit of sodium in them. You know, I get it. Sure. You know, like in, you know, but you know, the same argument that I've had with my, you know, my parents, you know, back in the, you know, for a long time is my, you know, my, my parents don't take any, any medicine for sodium. Right. I mean, like, like, like I, I know sodium is hard for people's diet sometimes, you know, but, but a lot of times that, that's come on from other things like cholesterol issues like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and a lot of other, other, di- you know, other you know, dietary issues that they have or other, other uh, medications they're taking. You know, so like, you know, like my, my, you know, I always come back to the, to, you know, to the beginning. If, if you just stop with the cholesterol, right, and you, you eat, you eat, you eat whole, you eat. I'm not gonna say whole foods because my stuff's definitely not whole foods, right? Right. It's definitely processed. You know, like I, I got, I got the cheese you're about to eat right there is, you know, coconut, <laughs> coconut oil and other, and other things that are that are processed oh together God. to make just a delicious cheese. But you know, I mean, like, but that, but that's what it takes to make it delicious. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and and the trade off is if you if you never eat meat and dairy and you just eat the delicious stuff here that might have yes a little bit more sodium, a little bit more of this and that, it, it's it, it's fine. Like you know, like yeah. like like, the, like those are. Like and those are the arguments that I have such a hard time with people. You know, like like when they're just like, "Oh, your beef has a lot of sodium," and I'm like, oh, "It's 80 grams of protein, and but and, it doesn't have no dead animals in it." Yeah, yeah, and 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 no dead animals. I mean, like it's like and no feathers and yeah. no scales yeah. and no yep. Um, yeah, all kinds of. I mean, Every, everything you go down that road. Yeah, I mean, this like, is absolutely outstanding. Thank you. What did you think, Henry? It was so good, like super you flavorful, have, super. You have yeah, we called it the pizza pie. I like you know, it. It's not quite a calzone, you know, but it's like a. You know. it, it does even look like a pie. And so, is this? I know there's cheese, but is there also pepperoni inside? Yeah, the one you have is pepperoni. Okay, because I took yeah. a bite off that pepperoni. Did you taste it? Uh, I did not. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, we got to make sure we have yeah, you sure tried. But I there was a little piece of pepperoni in the middle, and I took that bite. From what I mean, I haven't had. I can't. I don't know when I had pepperoni last, but it tasted what I remember. It was yeah, delicious. It's good pepperoni. So yeah. you, you got to get to X Market and uh, try this. At uh, tell us the name it's, of the Italian place. Uh, so it's called Vigignano. Yeah, you know, it looks like you know Vigignano if you look at it, but but it's like you know in Italian it's pronounced Vigignano, and it's it's uh, it means veganism in Italian. That was that was kind of a you know we, we went through a bunch of different names we we're trying to come up with and like it just it just sounded fun so it's like if you can yeah I don't, you know, like, you know, again you can use the arm like my arm are like you Italian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting to Sicily one of these days. My my, my family is uh, originally from there and that's like I've been I've been to the northern part on a visit but I've never been out to the south so that's my that's my nice. next big fun trip. Yeah, uh, I actually have a sister. This is a long story. <laughs> we have three minutes left, but uh, who isn't who is in uh, Italy. Okay. So I'm going to visit in April. Oh, and, uh, south or the north? Uh, near Sicily. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, well. So uh, I, I'm, I don't have 
a lot of money, but I have a lot of air miles. So that you paid for my flight. No. Oh my gosh. So, it's, it's the most, it's so amazing. Like, yeah. Like, I'm excited. Right. My, my one thing I'll tell you about, like, like, I think it's just like so unique is like, um, well, two, two things. Number one, when you go to an Italian restaurant, don't ask for bread. The, the chefs, the chefs are, you know, the chefs are like, like really upset when people like, like, like Americans always want bread with their, with yeah, their Italian. Yeah, olive but, oil. And- but when you go there, like, like they don't want your bread because then you're filling up on, you're filling up before you on get bread. Food. Yeah. yeah like the, so, so there's no, like, like the Americans go there, like, where's the bread? Like that doesn't come out. Yeah. But number two. We always have bread in like Mexican. We have uh, chips yeah. and then we're so full. Yeah. But you don't get the bread. But what you do get is you get table wine. And every almost every restaurant you go into, like instead of water on the table, it's like there's, there's a pitcher of, of wine, and that's oh. just it. Just comes with dinner. It's included in the price of everything. It's just like you know, it's just like this is our wine. This is our vintage from probably their you know field out there, and they're happy to serve it to you. And that's it's just nice. Like, sit down. So it's like it's, I like a little wine with my yeah with my dinner. Uh, so nice. we're starting to run out of time. So thank you so much for mm-hmm. bringing in this amazing food. Um, we'll be there. Uh, hopefully, I'll be there before then. But definitely March first. For our, um, we're going to be coming in, uh, working on postcards, and uh, any. Um, le- oh, tell us how people can find your restaurants. Um, for, like online, online. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. the address. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can oh, find. We did say that. Yeah, but. Well, you can find. Uh, you know, we're, we're at Chicago Nut Dogs, and we're also at Viganiano X. You know, which is our yeah, the other one, but like you can, they're linked, you know, pretty much together. But you know, we're 804 West Montrose, and like we're uh, we're there um, Tuesday through Sunday, every day from uh, 11 to 8. And uh, tonight actually is a big karaoke night, and I believe all the staff are thinking about participating. So if you oh. want to have some fun tonight, come by around 7:30, 8 o'clock. Cause I think the I think the bar is going to be hopping tonight with some karaoke. So. Oh, very fun! And then I think tomorrow they have a little event tomorrow too. Uh, I think I saw something about. But I, I don't know off the top of my head. But check it out. Go to X Market's uh, website. And uh, thank you again, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for the food. It's and a um, I will end this quote today. My mission is to rescue. My dream is that one day I won't have to. So I don't know who wrote that, but it's so true. Our goal as animal advocates and animal rescuers is that one day there will no longer be any animal suffering, which will put us out of work. So this is Jody Whitaker with the Chicago Alliance for Animals. Please uh, tune in again next week. Thank you. Bye.